Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And by MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. However, standing by right now is the one and the only Sean Mooney. Who? Are you laughing, Sean? Leroy was different. He actually one time tried to shoot me. Mooney, everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> Did you just laugh, Sean? I get off the track here all the time. I think it would take probably $100,000 at least to bring us in for the Hall of Fame. I don't even have a computer in my house. I don't even have a smartphone, none of that stuff. Somebody calls me and says, Jim... Here's your email by phone delivery. I I gave this lady a note. It says, do you like me? Yes or no? And she wrote in, maybe. I knew something was wrong then because uh, just the aura and the vibe. I can remember one of the ER people walking out, meeting me and giving me the news. They got my shirt off. They got my jacket off. But the tie got knotted and they just didn't take the tie off. So I'm laying there with my tie and he saw an opportunity and he just came up and, um, you know, kind of got on my back and uh, strangled me with the tie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney. I hope you have had a tremendous week so far. Uh, coming off a great conversation with Dylan Postel, better known as Hornswoggle. I had a feeling I was really going to enjoy my conversation with Dylan, and that was certainly the case. You know, if you listen to the episode, I think you agree with me. He is a very interesting person. I mean, I know that he may have never thought about being a trailblazer in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Says all he ever wanted to do was be a wrestler on the same level as any other wrestler. But obviously, given the fact that he is a little person, or as he wants to be referred to as a midget, uh, no one ever expected him to accomplish what he did and continues to do. Uh, You know, just by pursuing his dream and finding success, he proved that no matter what the obstacle you have in front of you, you can get over it, uh, or should I say, get over. Uh, he certainly did. Uh, you know, look at the career that he had in the WWE. He lasted there for nearly a decade. I mean, two weeks shy of 10 years. That is incredible when you consider the length of time, the average uh, career in the WWE for a performer. And he did exactly what he set out to do. Uh, he became a member of the roster. And just like every other superstar that makes it to that level, and he was treated and given opportunities just like everybody else. And, uh, you know, uh, I told a story uh, during our conversation about when we first met um, at uh, uh, Wallamania in New Orleans that uh, I likened him to Sherry Martell, Sensational Sherry, who did, I believe, the same thing uh, for women in the WWE that he did for little people. Uh, he broke through that barrier and 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 by doing so and what i mean by that is that he became a superstar he made the roster and just like everybody else and that's what sherry did for women and look uh, how that has grown in the wwe and he uh dylan should be very proud of what he has accomplished and uh just a great guy I really love talking to him uh this is a big week so much going on. Uh, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. We, of course, drop it every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but starting Thursday, StarCast begins in Chicago, and I am very excited about all the events that are going to be taking place. A few I have the great fortune to be a part of. And uh, I'll tell you, I really think that StarCast is going to create a whole new stage, uh, literally, for shows surrounding live wrestling events. This is I- incredible. And I heard, uh, you know, another broadcast today, and they were describing it as the WrestleMania of independent events. And I, I think it really is. Uh, you know, of course, you know what's happening with All In and, and Cody Rhodes and what the Young Bucks have done to put that event together, just that uh, live event that's going to be taking place, All In, uh, you know, sold out in less than a half an hour. And then uh, when Conrad got involved and he, uh, you know, teamed up with Cody and they put this incredible event together. And it, it really is going to be uh, just amazing, uh, you know, with all the uh, the events that are taking place surrounding All In. There's going to be more than 20 different shows that are be going to be uh, going to be happening. They're going to be taking place uh, all that weekend, that very long weekend, because it starts Thursday, ends on Sunday. Um, 
So, uh, you know, of course, and I've mentioned uh, a few times, but uh, we're getting closer and closer. And uh, I'm going to be doing one of those uh, live events there for primetime with Sean Mooney, along with Jim Johnston, as we're calling it, uh, behind the themes. And uh, I really think that uh, whoever is going to be able to attend that uh, show with us is going to really, really enjoy it. And, of course, you can see it on uh, Fight TV because they're going to be broadcasting um, a lot of these events. So I was thinking this week, you know, who would be a great guest and uh, who could possibly be better than the one who put StarCast all together, along with Cody Rhodes, as I mentioned, no one better than Conrad Thompson. And we are going to get to Hey, Hey, Conrad in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you all to keep spreading the word about Primetime with Sean Mooney, this podcast. Uh, We really want to keep it going. Uh, We want to keep doing these podcasts and keep them free uh, for all of you to listen to. And to do that, I need your help. You need to help us spread the word, tell people how much you enjoy listening to PTSM, and uh, please support our great sponsors uh, that we've been fortunate to have every week. And, of course, check out our fantastic T-shirts at MooneyTees.com. Every little bit helps. Uh, lots of great material as well on our YouTube channel. That continues to grow. Our YouTube channel, Primetime with Sean Mooney. And, of course, you can stay up on all the latest announcements uh, on our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Primetime Mooney. That's at Primetime Mooney. And I love to get those emails. Uh, so keep sending those emails. You can reach me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. All righty. Let's get to the conversation with my pal, Conrad Thompson. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, folks, I have waited a long time to get my guest on here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. I was waiting for the right time, I, 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 you know, because uh, really I knew that when we did get together, it was going to be a tremendous conversation because we have so much to talk about. But this also happens to be the week of uh, one of the greatest wrestling events ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that far and say that. I'm not going to say it's the biggest independent event. I'm going to say it's one of the biggest wrestling events ever in the history of professional wrestling. Conrad Thompson is joining me right now. And Conrad, thank you so much for coming on primetime with Sean Mooney. Man, you have no idea how excited I am to be on here with you. I, I grew up a, uh, a huge WWF fan, and you were a big part of that for me, and the idea that I'm on your show is oh, quite the honor. Conrad, please, but I really, really appreciate that. Uh, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last year, and uh, you know, I have to tell you, you've helped me a, a lot when it comes to the, uh, doing these podcasts. And of course, I, I enjoy all the shows you're doing. I don't know how you do them. It's just incredible to me. I want to get into a little bit about you at some point here, but we can't overlook what's happening this week that actually is uh, happening. Now, this will drop. Uh, this is Wednesday. So, folks, I don't know when you're listening, but uh, everybody will be arriving or on the way to StarCast and then All In, which is taking place this weekend in Chicago, in the Chicago area. Uh, this began a while ago, and I remember getting an email from you and you just saying, would you be interested in doing this uh, podcast convention kind of thing? We're getting together. And I was, I'm, yeah, I don't care what it is. I'm in, but uh, take me back Conrad, when this all started to come together. Well, I had the idea to do a wrestling podcast convention a couple of years ago when all of a sudden the NWA legends fan fest was no more. I had been going to that thing for years and years in early August in Charlotte, North Carolina and then, for whatever reason, they decided, hey, that's enough, and we're not going to do it anymore. So I contacted the same hotel and tried to just run it the very next year because I really wanted an excuse to hang out with my buddies. And, hey, I can use this as a way to grow my podcast. I had a podcast with uh, Rick Flair and one with Bruce Pritchard, and I was trying to get Tony Schiavone on board. And Eric Bischoff was doing one, and I thought I could get Cornette and JR and yeah. I just thought this could be a fun experience. The hotel wound up being booked, so I just sort of shelved the idea. And then, as luck would have it, I ran into Cody at International Baggage Claim at the Atlanta airport in January. <laughs> he was coming back from Wrestle Kingdom, and I was coming back from a vacation. And Wait a minute. Started- this, this all started at a baggage claim in Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, go so- on. It's one of those deals where he wasn't sure if it was me and I wasn't sure if it was him because he was trying to be low key and he had a hoodie on and I thought that was his wife, Brandy, but I wasn't going to be that guy and go step out and hassle strangers at baggage claims. So we started DMing because that's what people do now in 2018. And 
eventually I said, Hey man, got an idea. Why don't you look for a convention partner? You need someone to be your WrestleCon to your WrestleMania. And if you did it with me, it would be podcast themed and there wouldn't be any wrestling match competition. So he said, that's an interesting idea. How many conventions have you promoted? And I jokingly <laughs> said the exact same number of super shows you've promoted. And he oh. thought that was funny and, yeah. and said, okay, well, what's the idea? So I, I emailed him over a format and the original idea was it would be two days and you know, maybe six or eight hours a day and it would be fun. And now yeah. it's four days and yeah. it's, you know, 15 hours a day. It's overwhelming how, how much momentum this thing has gotten and how big it's gotten. And it's, it's effectively ruined my life. Mister. <laughs> well, you have nothing else going on, Conrad. Why? I don't understand. Folks, if you know anything about Conrad, not only uh, is he now a super promoter, uh, but uh, he has a, a very successful mortgage business, which uh, was around before all this insaneness started. And then, uh, he st- as he mentioned, doing the podcast with Ric Flair, and then that you know grew into bringing Bruce Pritchard in, and then, of course, Tony Schiavone, and then the great success that he's having with 83 Weeks. But somehow, I don't know, you know, all that was going on at the time. And then you decide, well, yeah, I'm going to put together this little event in Chicago. Uh, What were you thinking? You know, the idea was I just thought, and, you know, we've talked about this a lot in business. Timing is everything. And if I didn't do it now, when would I? And that's really one of my my mottos in my sales careers. If not now, when? And mm-hmm. so if I wasn't going to see an opportunity like an all-in that it certainly captivated everyone's imagination and had a ton of buzz with no real promotion, just all grassroots, yeah. if I couldn't do it then, when would I do it? So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it, and I'll get this out of my system, and I'll, I'll you know, create some fun and unique ideas because I had ideas of – Hey, what if we did, you know, an old backdrop that looks like the old New York locker room and we got Sean Mooney there and a tuxedo and a mic cube that looks eerily familiar and you got to cut a <laughs> promo with Sean Mooney. I thought that would be awesome. So yeah. I came up with a handful of those ideas and put them on paper. And to my surprise, other wrestling fans liked them as much as I did. Yeah. Well, and then also the connection and you mentioned Cody and all this coming together with the all in event uh, and I guess he decided you know, we, uh, I want to try and put this event together. I don't think he really had any idea how much of a success it was going to be. And many I'm sure are very well aware of at this point that it uh, sold out in less than a half an hour, uh, 10,000 seats. Uh, uh, were you uh, just kind of blown away by how much interest? I mean, I, I'm sure you don't go into anything you don't think is going to be successful, but Really, uh, it it could, had to be beyond your wildest dreams how this has just uh, become the event that it is now. Well, you know, I, I know that Cody of the trio of Cody and the yeah. Bucks, he's probably right. the most cautiously optimistic. He's the more reserved. I don't want to say negative, but he's definitely the more, I don't know. Um, and and he, it certainly exceeded his expectations. I, I think mm. he thought they would do well, and I think yeah. he thought in time they would sell out. But I don't think anybody saw it happening as quickly as it did. And from my side, when I first sort of put everything together, you know, I would lay awake at night and think, man, can I get 800 people to this thing? If I could just get 800 people to this thing, then I can make it work. And uh, since I've been on the phone with you, we just passed 9,500 tickets sold to StarCast. So it's exceeded all the expectations in a major way. That's fantastic. Why do you think that, uh, I mean, referring to, before we talk about StarCast, that All In was such a tremendous success immediately when, you know, if you sell 2,000, 3,000, I don't think anybody thought they'd sell 5,000. I mean, all the naysayers going into this, but why do you think it uh, popped so quickly? Cody have been good to their fans and they're trying to win fans over one at a time. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, talking at them, they're talking with their fans and people feel a connection with them. And that's really what people are looking for. You know, when you're a fan of somebody, it's because, you know, hopefully in theory, your ideals line up with them, your beliefs line up with them and you believe in them. And Cody and the young bucks have been able to do that just through goodwill. You know, they're good dudes on social media. They're good dudes. When you you made them at a meet and greet or at a show or yeah. asking for an autograph or a picture and they sort of get it and, and they don't, they don't put themselves on this big star pedestal. Now, certainly they're big stars, but, 
but they're they're trying not to position themselves as better than the fans and that all-inclusive feel has made a lot of fans feel very welcome and so people bought these tickets without really knowing the card just because they wanted to support the guys and they wanted to reciprocate the love that they felt they'd been shown so it wasn't a surprise to me that it sold out but it was a surprise that it happened as quickly as it did Connor, you've been a uh, wrestling fan for a lot of years, and um, looking at this event, and I'm talking about All In, uh, do you see this as a unique event, or are we seeing a uh, change of the tide here when it comes to independent wrestling um, and, and it starting to grow and giving people a lot more options than what we've seen, say, in the last decade? Uh, come Saturday night at midnight, the wrestling world will be changed forever. You know, the way people have sort of perceived that there was really just one place to work that's over now. Uh, and there's not going to be a race for there to be a number two. Now you could just be your own man. I mean, it really could become, I'm not going to say a new version of the territory system, but in that same vein, you don't have to go work for anybody. You're your own man. You own your own thing. And so nobody's going to walk up to, Cody and the Bucks this weekend and say, Hey, here's your script, kid. And, yeah. you know, they're not going to have somebody go over exactly move for move what you're doing or word for word what you're saying. Those guys are going to get to do what they want to do. And I think it's going to inspire a lot of other guys who say, Hey, why not me? Why not now? And I think you'll see a lot of people do that. Joey Janela, obviously on a much smaller scale, he's been doing that. You know, he started to get a little buzz as an independent wrestler, and now he's putting on shows, and they're getting a lot of buzz. You know, not not nearly to the level of an all-in, but he hasn't been sowing seeds maybe as long as the Bucks have. But you give that a little more time, and I think you'll start to see more people follow in Joey's footsteps. And certainly, everybody aspires to do what all-in has done. But, you know, can they recapture the magic and, and do an all-in, too? I don't know. I don't think there needs to be an all-in, too. I think this sort of stands for what it is. But I do think you'll start to see guys sort of promote their own shows moving forward without a big corporate backer. Yeah, and you mentioned it's not like there's going to be a number two. I don't imagine we're going to see some independent operation climb to the levels of the WCW and challenge the WWE. But at the same time, uh, these type of shows and these type of organizations or whatever we're going to see uh, coming out of this and the growth of them, I think is definitely going to have a dramatic impact on what they do in the WWE and in the rest of the world of, of professional wrestling. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think huh. you're going to see a lot of guys who are in that locker room for Vince McMahon right now look around on Sunday and say, what am I doing? You know, yeah. they're, they're really being dictated to. They don't know how much money they're going to make based on the shows. And, the, you know, they're not in charge of their matches or their promos. And, you know, they're really being dictated to. And they're paying travel out of their own pocket. And yeah. when you're on the independent scene, your travel's taken care of for you. And you really get to do what you want to do. And a lot of guys are going to get to do what they want to do this Saturday. And hopefully that leads to more change in the industry. Not just, you know, in the independents, but everywhere. Yeah. And, uh... Certainly Cody isn't the only example, but he's a great one of being in a, in a situation where he was with the WWE, probably could have had a you know, successful run there for a long period of time, made a lot of money, but that's not the path he wanted to travel. And the fact that he just said, you know what? No, I'm, I don't care what it costs me. I've got to do what I want to do. And I think that that's a great example of what you just talked about and that, yeah, uh, a lot of those guys are locked in. Uh, they can't do other shows. They can't travel to different places that they want to travel, and they really are not in charge of their destiny there. Yeah, and I think you know one of the big things that's going to happen is people are going to say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump out here on my own. I'm going to leap out of the nest, and I'm going to see if I can fly. And I'm sure when you've gotten accustomed to seeing that check in the mailbox every two weeks, that seems like yeah. a very scary proposition, but. Cody's proven it could be done. And a guy nobody really talks about in that regard is Chris Jericho. I mean, Chris Jericho is a perfect example of somebody who can just come in when they want and go out when they want. He'll just yeah. pop up in a WWE show every now and again. And you never know, he might pop up in Japan. And I'm curious where he's going to pop up next. But <laughs> guys like Cody and Jericho have been brave enough, if that's the right word, to leave yeah. the WWE and say, I have enough confidence in myself that I'm going to make this happen. And they've both done a phenomenal job. Yeah, and, the, and there's others. Um, 
But let's get back to StarCast now. And I'm, I'm looking at the lineup here, uh, Conrad. It, it really is incredible. And I don't know, uh, you said it re- originally you were thinking two days. But how did you... <laughs> How did this start where I, I, you, you mentioned, okay, we'll get the, the, the locker room background and we can get Mooney to show up and, you know, in his monkey suit. And, and But I, you look at this, it's just amazing. Even like the, the first day and you've got, uh, you know, the uh, Monday Night Wars debate, which I know is going to be phenomenal. And uh, that this is just the, the first night, really, because it's not even an all day. It starts at 5 p.m. with the Bruce Mitchell audio show. But, you know, Friday... Uh, it starts with a breakfast, and then you've got the what happened when Monday Live with Tony. Uh, there's so many. The total nonstop, Jared, I think is going to be tremendous. Uh, how did did the did you have these in mind, or did it just kind of organically start growing? And said, "Hey, how about this guy?" Or, or did they come to you? How did it all happen? It originally started with me saying, "Hey, here's what I'd like to do," you know, and and what that comes from is not just. Uh, as a quote-unquote promoter, because I don't consider myself that, but as a fan, what would I want to sit in the crowd and watch? Like, what would I want to attend? What would I buy a ticket for? So I thought a Monday Night War debate would be good. I thought some comedy with a botchamania thing and a couple of professional comedians and Tony Schiavone would be good. And I know that after a lot of Ring of Honor shows, a lot of fans really dig getting to stick around and uh, hear Marty Skrull sing along and everybody who's watched being the elite, which really is single-handedly responsible for the all in sellout and nobody's talking about it. That entire soundtrack was done by Papa Buck, the, the, the young bucks dad, and nobody's talking about that. So yeah. I wanted to have a way to sort of showcase him and that's all happening on Thursday and we keep it going. But then I started to say, you know, let's swing for the fences. You know, what can we get that's never been done before? And the sleeper event is, Sean Mooney's prime time and, and, and the deal okay. is behind the themes. I know you're yeah. saying you're trying to diminish it cause it's yours and you want to be shy, but let's forget <laughs> the all shucks routine. This is something that's never happened before. You know, Jim yeah. Johnston is the wizard of Oz, as you like to say. And I think yeah. that is a perfect description for him because we don't know him. We don't know his process, but he is so responsible for the way a lot of us you know, associate and think about professional wrestling. His themes really set the tone and he is, he is a savant and I can't wait to have him there and let people, you know, sort of show their love and appreciation for him. Cause as you know, Jim is a little bit of an introvert, so he's oh, way out boy, of his comfort yeah. zone to be doing this, but yeah. I think he's going to be shocked and, and, and really happy that he did it because the, there's going to be such an outpouring of love and affection for him. But imagine the content just to see these themes come to life in front of you right now, the arm here on my arm is standing up. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Conrad, uh, and you said it, it took a little convincing, uh, you and I went back and forth with Jim. I had several conversations with him and, uh, he really, he doesn't understand, doesn't realize. And I, and I know that this is even the way he processed things when he put these themes together. And I wish Conrad, you would have really loved, uh, if you were just on the line, when we went, we we had I don't know four or five conversations as we prepared for this show. You would have just loved hearing some of the stories, and here I'm trying to whittle this all down. And I have notes and notes and notes, pages, as I you know say, like, oh my god, this is you know it's like a book of, and it just he just mentioned something. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> back up a little bit on that one. What did you just say about Vince when you brought this over to him, and you know, and and so. Uh, I've, I've taken a lot of time to go through this and I think we've got, you know, I, I, we've got an hour and a half. I don't know how we're going to fit the themes that we've selected in. I've got about 10 that I definitely want to get in there, but I have an honorable mention list and each one, when I was going through it, it wasn't just saying, okay, what was the most popular? What was the one that I know everybody wants to hear? It also had to do with uh, a lot, what was going on in the company. For example, one of the themes I want to talk about is China's theme. And she was really one of the first real female uh, wrestlers that has gotten their own theme. And then the story behind it and what the lyrics uh, meant to her and just some of the other, you know, stories behind a lot of these themes, I think people are going to find fascinating besides the fact, you know, when you hear that music, it takes you back. You hear, you know, unstable with the ultimate warrior and all you have to hear is that dun, 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 dun. And so we'll be playing the themes, but also Jim's going to have a keyboard there and a guitar 
and he's going to play some of this stuff to go kind of relive how he was inspired a lot of this uh, for a lot of these. And uh, I really, I think uh, people are going to absolutely love it. I think that they're going to, and, and as, and Jim is, as you mentioned, he just, uh, he's just kind of, uh, he's very introverted. He's, he cannot perform in front of a live audience. It, it, it's very, been very difficult for him and he's only done it a couple of times. So I think that uh, you're right. When he sees how these, these people react to him and how much his music has meant to them over the years, I think he's going to be pleasantly surprised. I really do. I have no doubt of that. And I want to mention, because we haven't yet, that tickets to this thing are sold out. But you can watch everything we're talking about right now on Fight. So even if you're international, you don't have to you know, look it up on DirecTV or Comcast right. or whatever. Just download the Fight app. That's F-I-T-E. And then you can stream it from any device just go to fight.tv forward slash StarCast. You can even watch it on your desktop, and uh, that's available now. You can get a weekend pass for just 99 bucks, and you even get a $20 credit from Fight. You can use it towards any other future purchase. So you've got more than 50 hours of content, more than 30 stage shows, and you're really going to wind up at just a $79 price point. You can watch these shows both live and on demand with unlimited replays, so it's a great value. Yeah, absolutely. And and folks, uh, you know, those tickets went so fast, but I think in some ways, Conrad, if you can't be there, how awesome is it that you can now be at all these shows? I mean, you could just uh, pick and decide what you're going to do. Uh, I wanted to get a little more information on this roast of Bruce Pritchard. Have you released any of the names yet of the people they might see on that panel? Because I think that's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We've just started to drip out some of the names. Medusa's yeah. going to be joining us. Jeff Jarrett will be there. Eric oh, Bischoff yeah. will be there. Uh, I can't believe we landed it, but Jerry the King Lawler is going to be there. Uh, wow. Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake <laughs> is going to be there. And we've got tons of professional comedians, too. So you've got Ron Funches, who's got a Comedy Central special coming up. You've yeah. got Mike Lawrence, who just won the roast battle on Comedy Central. Shuli Agar from The Howard Stern Show. Uh, Taylor Williamson, who was a finalist on America's Got Talent, and our 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 master of ceremonies, our roast master, if you will, is Mr. James Madden, and he may be a name that you don't recognize, but everybody in wrestling is going to be talking about James the next day, so it should be a good time. Yeah, and a- absolutely, and uh, uh, these people that are going to be there, I mean, it, it, I, 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 I wish I could go through the whole list, folks. You can uh, find out by going just to starcast.com, and you'll get the entire lineup of all those uh all these great appearances that are going to be uh, at StarCast, and you can see it all as, as uh, Conrad mentioned on Fight TV. Is it Fight.TV, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you can get the Fight TV app, or you can just go to Fight.TV, and that's F-I-T-E dot TV. And if you want to go straight to StarCast, it's Fight.TV forward slash StarCast, and there's two R's in StarCast, much like the old Starcade. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Conrad, I know you love live events. Uh, I, I, that's, I can confirm that right now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, then I know you love vivid seats. Uh, you know, I've been you. using vivid seats for a while. You know, I've got the app on my phone and, um, I've, I've gone to the website and I've even sent my dad there because he was looking for some tickets for an Alabama game. So we're all about vivid seats here in Alabama. And there you go. Uh, absolutely. Conrad knows exactly what he's talking about. And I have mentioned many times how much I love to go to live events, concerts, sporting events, whatever it may be. Well, I'll tell you what. I have found an online ticket marketplace, as I mentioned, that not only can get you great seats for concerts and sporting events like baseball and football, but also great wrestling events. And there are so many out there, like we've talked about with All In that's coming up. Well, Vivid Seats is an online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And one of those lifetime experiences is happening, uh, of course, this weekend. But there are so many others, the WWE events and all these other ones taking place. Well, I'll tell you what, you can do it. Vivid Seats offers great prices for all wrestling events from WWE pay-per-views, SmackDown and Raw to indie shows, like I mentioned, All In which is happening this weekend. I'm so excited. For a limited time, though, Vivid Seats is giving primetime listeners 10% off your first ticket order. All you need to do is enter the promo code PRIMETIME at checkout. So easy to do. Just go to vividseats.com or download the app. And in addition to professional wrestling tickets, Vivid Seats can help you get those concert, uh, game, or shows of your choice. All Vivid Seats 
are confirmed orders, and they are backed by a 100% guarantee. 100%! Can't do better than that. We all enjoy watching wrestling on TV, but nothing beats being there live and in person. And because you listen to Primetime with Sean Mooney, Vivid Seats is offering primetime listeners an exclusive discount off your first order. Just go to VividSeats.com or download the app and use our exclusive promo code PRIMETIME to receive 10% off your first order. The offer is good through the end of August. First-time customers only. All right, uh, Conrad, where were we? Now, we've been talking about StarCast, folks. I want to now get down to uh, what I've wanted to talk about with Conrad for a long time because he he, he, he says I downplay things. You, sir, are ridiculous. I mean, I, I tell you about the you know what you've done with these podcasts. You're like, ah, yeah, I just kind of show up and let – now, uh, uh, that's not true by any stretch of the imagination. I mentioned you have this other successful business uh, with the mortgage business. And uh, what, what is the name of the company in case anybody might be looking for a, a mortgage in their near future? Oh, I'm glad you said that. It's 1FMC.com, First Family Mortgage Company, or Hometown Lenders. We can help you in over 41 different states. And we can make it fast and easy for you right now. Just go to SaveWithBruce.com. So, Conrad, tell me, though, when did this I, – I know you've been a, a huge wrestling fan, and, of course, you love the the golden era, as I like to refer to it, the 80s and 90s. But uh, how big of a, a part of your life and your childhood was that part of well, the WWF and everything else that was going on? Oh, it was my favorite as a kid. I got introduced when I was seven years old, and I was hooked, man. I started riding my bike to the video store and getting all the tapes and – I would record it every time it came on TV so I could watch it later on a VHS. And I got action figures for every birthday and Christmas. <laughs> and I'd, you know, cut grass in the summer and try to get as much money raised as I could so I could buy the video games and buy the action figures. And for a special treat, whenever WCW, the WWF came to town, if I had good grades on my report card, that's what I wanted. I wanted to go see the wrestling. And it just it captured my imagination when I was seven. And I was pretty hard and heavy for maybe five or six years. And then I sort of just put it down for a while. Yeah. And then one day I'm flipping through the channels and I see Hulk Hogan in all black and he's got a beard. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? And so <laughs> I was sucked back in. So I took two breaks from wrestling, but it's been uh, fairly constant in my life since I was seven years old. So 30 years now. Yeah. And I, you know, it took me a while to really understand why that period of time meant so much to people. And then I understood that it was a big part of their childhood. And, and you know, what, what better time in your life you, for most kids is when you're young. And there was so much going on there. It's never really been recaptured. You, you say you were a Hulkamaniac, uh, but who were some of the others that you really loved during that time? Man, I was a huge Hulkamaniac. I, I loved the Macho Man. I loved the Ultimate Warrior. I was a big fan of Demolition. I didn't like the Road Warriors nearly as much because I saw Demolition first. I right. loved Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. Thought they had the best intercontinental title matches ever. You know, I can look back now and realize how much I enjoyed Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, as a kid, I still loved the Big Boss Man. Uh, I thought the Nasty Boys were fun as a kid. I even went as uh, the Nasty Boys with my best friend, trick-or-treating when we were kids. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I've been a huge WWF fan, you know, as a child for sure. And, uh, you know, you're, you're close with, with Ric Flair. I know that that... Uh, came later in life. Um, but how did that, uh, that relationship come to be? Well, once we became uh, introduced, we just hit it off. And part of the reason was he was looking for a friend. He had recently relocated from Charlotte, North Carolina to Atlanta, Georgia. He'd lost his son, Reed. Uh, and yeah. as Rick would say, he did a, um, a stint in the joint, but he was still struggling with the loss of his son. And he was probably drinking too much. And he was looking for drinking buddies, and maybe he had alienated some folks, but he hadn't alienated me. And so as a wrestling fan, when Ric Flair calls and says, hey, man, you want to go drinking tomorrow and watch the game? The answer is always yes. So I, I quickly became one of Rick's drinking buddies. And now, of course, uh, he is completely sober, hasn't had a drop in over a year, and he's a different guy. But when he was running hard, he needed somebody to be able to run hard with him on a random Tuesday. And, uh, my employment situation allowed me to do that. So I had somebody say, Hey man, how many times are you going to, uh, get drunk with Ric Flair? And the answer was eh, every time. I'm yeah. As many times time. as he asked me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fun every time. Why not? But how was it? What was that first encounter though? I mean, uh, you know, people just don't 
become friends with Ric Flair. Uh, it, no, it just, you're exactly right. So yeah. here's the backstory. I sponsored a documentary on Kickstarter called Barbar Bar City that John Philip Havage put together. And one of the, like the big perks was if you donated X amount of money, then they would fly an ECW wrestler and ECW alumni to your house. And you would screen the movie at your house with a bunch of your friends before it came out. And I thought, man, that's awesome. So I got together with a bunch of my buddies and we made the donation and down they came and we watched it and Shane Douglas came to my house and he was supposed to stay long enough to watch the movie, but we wound up eating dinner and drinking a bunch of beer and having a good time and telling old stories. And uh, at the end of the day, I thought, man, that was pretty cool. And one of my friends was one degree separated from Jim Cornette. He said, I bet Cornette would be up for something like this. And I didn't even really know what that meant, but eventually (laughs) it it became a deal where, and you've probably heard the old stories where Jimmy Hart comes to your house and watches the Royal Rumble with you. Well, that really was what it became. So the podcast was sort of happening in my basement years before anybody really heard it, you know, with a dozen of my friends or so. And, um, somebody called me eventually and said, Hey, uh, you know, Rick Flair's in Rome, Georgia tomorrow for an appearance. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And they're like, would you like to have him over? Huh? (laughs) And so sure enough, we worked it out and Rick was just going to stop by. But when he got there, we hit it off and uh, he's supposed to stay for two hours and he winds up spending the night and uh, we just became drinking buddies right away and traded numbers. And uh, a week later I was in Atlanta watching some basketball game, having a good time. Yeah. And then it, it led to a podcast with Rick and I think he was approached first, I think it was with CBS Yep. and, and what he just needed somebody to bounce stuff off of in the, or was he doing it all by himself initially? He was uh, recording it in a radio station, but he had never actually recorded one yet. I mean, when he first got the offer, we'd become fast friends. We're hanging out every week and he would say, Hey man, tell me about a podcast. What is it? How can you make money with it? How does it work? And so I sort of explained it to him. He got it. Ultimately he signed a deal. And then one day he says, Hey, will you come in for my first episode and just ask me fan questions? The concept was going to be get big guests, you know, Pete Rose and Lawrence Taylor and Dana White and Darius yeah. Rucker, but also lots of wrestling guests too. Right. So that was the plan. And I said, sure, absolutely. So I drove uh, to Atlanta and we taped the first episode. I don't think CBS was really keen on the idea of having like a fan co-host, yeah. but Rick said, no, I want him to sort of interview me. Uh, I'll do the show, but he's going to ask me questions and it can sort of be about my career. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. So I did my research, as you can imagine. And when we were done, CBS said, hey, we really like that. Can you come back next week? So they kept asking me to come back, and I became an accidental podcaster. I went from come sit in on one episode to right. now I have three shows. And how long before you realized, you know, maybe uh, I, I might be kind of good at this? I mean, was there a point where you said, I think I can do this or just kept going? No, listen, I I think I'm just a fan and I don't think I'm supposed to be polished or good. I've never been to broadcast school. I don't have a degree in this like you do. You know, lots of fans of our podcast say online, oh, you should be on the WWE network and Mm. it shouldn't be Rosenberg or Sam Roberts. And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, those guys have worked their whole lives and and gone to all the right training and schools and all that to do this. I'm just a, a wrestling fan from Alabama with no formal training whatsoever, but I have positioned myself to just be the voice of the fan because that's what I am. I'm on the outside looking in like everybody else. And I think it's just resonated in a way where people think, Hey, he's the voice of us. Uh, and obviously I have an accent from Alabama and you know, it, it, it sort of is what it is. So I still don't think I'm necessarily good at it, but I just know that I'm talking about what the fans want to hear. And I think I'm uniquely qualified to do that because I'm a fan. And I think a lot of times when you're in the wrestling business, you're so far in it, you can't see the forest for the trees, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I have a, a, a bunch more questions regarding that. But uh, I want to welcome uh, our latest sponsor, and we're very happy to have them, my bookie, uh, Conrad. I don't know if you're a gambling man, but if uh, if you are, I, I know that uh, you would, would love my bookie. Uh, you play, you win, and you get paid. Odds are good that I'm going to play and win because I've been <laughs> using my bookie for a while because Alabama just steamrolls, dude. So it's pretty much a guarantee. If you put your money on the tide, you're coming out a winner. And uh, certainly you could take it from Conrad on that. You know, ever since I started this podcast and the fact that I worked in sports for so long, people are always asking me, hey, hey, Mooney, 
uh, how do who do you like in the game this week? You know, and I, I don't know what to tell him. I'm not I'm not good at picking, but uh, honestly, uh, usually I have no idea. But if you are in the know, which many of you are, I know, and uh, you know the game, no matter what it is, and you think you know who's going to win, hey, you gotta check out my bookie. Remember. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Of all the bets you're going to make, folks, they are your best bet this season. Uh, They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. Just look it up. And their mobile site is very easy to use. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win. Guess what? They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. So join now, and MyBookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Let me explain that. MyBookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Use promo code Mooney, M-O-O-N-E-Y, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Mooney when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Conrad, getting back to this, though, and you, you said that, uh, you know, you kind of represent the fan. and But, you know, I, I'll tell you, though, from, from a broadcaster's view, th- this is what I liked about you from the very beginning when I started listening to the podcast is that uh, it, you're real. And, and there's, pro, there's broad, uh, broadcasters that spend a career trying to do that, and they don't pull it off. And so maybe it's an accidental, uh, that's just the way I do things. But I, I tell you, it, I think that's what it is, that uh, why you have been so successful at this. And of course, folks, I don't know if you realize this, and maybe you, uh, anybody that's listened to the podcast a lot, but um, I don't know if there's anybody I've ever known that uh, did more research for each one of these and I, I, I think, I hope at this point you have help, but because with the three podcasts you're doing, but give me some idea of what goes into uh, the research that you guys do, because you've got pages and pages. Yeah, you're exactly right. So what I'll do is I'll open up a Google Doc, uh, and it's just the regular old Sheets version of Google Doc, and I yeah. will go to the Torch or the Observer and just start clicking around to find where I think the the source material may be. So if we're covering a pay-per-view from say January of 97, then I'm going to go through all the newsletters for December of 96 and January of 97. And I'm just going to essentially copy paste everything into that oh. same Google doc. And then yeah. I'm going to uh, pick up any sort of biographies that I may have on my shelves. And I'll try to get those as a digital download so I can just control F and find whoever we're talking about. And again, copy paste all that in. So Sometimes that Google Doc will be 250 pages, and then I will trim it down into a show format that might be 30 pages, sometimes 40 or 50, but no less than 30 pages. And I'll have 30 pages of notes of sort of an outline of where I want to go and how I want to get there, because I'm trying to tell a story with every podcast. And that's what my format has become, is less interviews and more about one topic, long form what happened before, what happened during, what happened after, mm-hmm. and really examine that one event in great detail. And so once I really understand the story we're trying to tell, this happened and that happened, now I can really craft a full format and I'll share it with whoever my co-host is. And then we'll drop in wherever our ads are, whatever our promotions are. Uh, and then we have a good idea of you know what they have recollection of. Because I don't want to hit them cold. And I've done that a lot. But most of the time I get it to them, you know, a day or two or sometimes the day of. So they have an opportunity to just review it and say, oh, yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes to sort of jog their memory is just reading about it. And then all this stuff starts coming back to them. I think that happens with a lot of us. Yeah. And what does Bruce do? Uh, (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Uh, Bruce gets the notes and then uh, he figures out where there might be a good spot to transition the ads. Yeah. And then he'll go in and add notes. He'll delete. If there's something that uh, he doesn't know anything about, he'll either delete it or put in parentheses, don't know. Um, and if there is something I can queue up, then he'll mm-hmm. put, you know, ask me about Howard Finkel's car in parentheses somewhere. Yeah. So then I'll know at that moment he can transition from what we're talking about to a good story about Howard Finkel's car. So 
I mean, he will pour over it probably an hour beforehand. You know, he'll read through the notes for a half a day, but then he'll put real work in about an hour before we click record. Then we'll both load up with a bunch of Coke zeros off to the side, click record. Mm. And here we go. Here we go. And, um, and, and folks, I, I, I say it in chess. I mean, I, uh, Bruce is somebody I've known a long time and I work very closely with him, but, uh, a lot of people don't know that uh, he kept incredible notes from back in that that time, right? Uh, of of things that happened. Yeah, you're exactly right. He's got yeah, day planners. Yeah. You know, he he's lost some through depositions where he had to submit them to the court, and then yeah. for whatever reason they never returned them. Uh, some of them are still with the WWE. I'm sure they were returned there, and they're just in some warehouse somewhere. But he's got yeah. boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of old ledgers where he wrote TV and old day planners. Yeah. And we haven't really figured out what we want to do with those, but we're going to do something with them at some point. And whenever there is something pretty topical, uh, he'll dig through and say, hey, I think I have something on that. And that's always been pretty fun, especially when – he brought some or maybe he shipped some to Huntsville once. And I had an opportunity to just thumb through, you know, the first time he met with this guy or that guy and old phone numbers and old receipts. It's just, it's an interesting collection that he's got that really tells the story of his career. Yeah. And, and uh, for you, that must be really cool to look through and, you know, met with uh, taker uh, talked about hat or something, you know, it, it, these little, little uh, notes and stuff. I think that's why people, enjoy the show so much because these things come out of nowhere. And if he wouldn't have done that, I think that a lot of it would have been lost uh, to you know history. Nobody would have ever known a lot of these things that happened behind the scenes. No, you're exactly right. And, and one of the things that, that I found interesting too is not only did he have notes, like you said, about meeting with Taker, but he kept yeah. receipts of what all the shows were. So you could know exactly who the local promoter was and what the match order was, who won and lost. Uh, and how many tickets were sold and what the total amount of revenue drug in was. And so you can sort of see, like, as you transition from, say, 96, and then you flip into his 97 book, and then you flip into his 98 book, and it's like a totally different business. A lot of the names are the same, yeah. but, man, the money is so different, and the amount of shows is so different. And it's just fascinating to look back through there and really see it in real time, not what somebody remembers, but a real accounting of, hey, here's where we were. Here's what happened when it happened. You know, when, when you and Bruce, uh, and, and uh, a lot of people know the backstory. You've told it uh, uh, many times. But, uh, you know, it took a little convincing to get Bruce to get on board. He was kind of like, uh, well, what are people going to want to hear that for? But uh, the show took off right away. It wasn't one of those slow builds, right? I mean, I, I think you told me that. Uh, you remember looking at the numbers and going, wait a minute, that that's a zero at the end of that when uh, with the downloads? Yeah, well, it was pretty incredible. You know, we started in early August 2016. Yeah. And in January of 2017, uh, in that month, we did 2.1 million downloads. <laughs> wow. And I, I didn't know that that was a big deal. And so I was just <laughs> telling somebody this earlier that, you know, like with StarCast, I don't have a frame of reference, Sean. Yeah. I know that sounds funny, but no, uh, like, no, I, I, I don't, exactly I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know if right. I'm doing good or if yeah. I'm doing bad. Like I know how much, I know how many tickets we've sold and I know how much, you know, gross revenue is, but how does that compare to everything else? Hell, I don't know. I've never done it before. So it's sort of the same thing with Bruce. Like I had a frame of reference for Rick's show and I knew that it was doing more than Rick's show, but I didn't know what it was doing compared to everybody else. So it wasn't until I just said, you know what, I'm going to see if I can transition here. Because we had uh, a sponsor, I guess you might say, who was helping us sell ads. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, it wasn't as fruitful as I thought it should have been based on those yeah. numbers. <laughs> so I started taking some screenshots and I started just randomly messaging folks. And the subject was 2.1 million downloads. Is this good? And then everyone would click on it and see the charts and graphs and then... All of a sudden, I started getting returned emails with offers, and what do you know, Bruce and I were making money in podcasting. Yeah. What is your theory of behind it, though, that it did it? Because, you know, you said Rick's uh, did well, but nothing compared. Uh, none of them have really compared. I mean, I know that 83 Weeks is doing really well. Uh, Tony's, too. But what what do you think it, the, the uh, you know, uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh why do you think it just rings with so many people that they that just took off around the world too? We're not talking just the United States. Well, I, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I think it's probably a combination of four or five things. 
one, I think, you know, Bruce was with the number one company. And no matter what anybody tries to convince you of otherwise, the WWF is what everybody associates with wrestling and now yeah. WWE. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, whether they were fans of the 80s, where it was Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, or the 90s, and it's The Rock and, and Steve Austin, or the 2000s, where it's John Cena. Bruce Pritchard has insight on all of that. So I think just where he worked and who he had access to, like a Vince McMahon, is probably the number one attraction. Number two, for sure, is that Bruce is maybe one of the best storytellers in the business. He understands that you're supposed to structure a story where there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he knows how how to get there once he gets going on a story. And three, it's the ability to entertain from his side. He knows how to do these caricatures and over-the-top impressions, and he has a great sense of humor with it. And I think, you know, the other two pieces are probably because of our relationship. You know, it's not necessarily, and a lot of podcasts feature a celebrity host. And then there's this other guy who's really an underling and he's just, Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I love everything's great. Feeding them questions. Yes. And so, and I did that for, for Ric Flair because people wanted to listen to the Ric Flair show just to hear Ric Flair tell stories. But I think they're listening to Bruce Pritchard show because they want to hear about the topic, not necessarily they want to hear from Bruce Pritchard. Sure, they want to hear from Bruce, but they want to hear about this particular topic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think because I've positioned myself almost on equal footing with Bruce, understanding that he's Michael Jordan and I'm Scottie Pippen, but we're still on the team, yeah. and and the the allow that that allows us to sort of go back and forth, which means we can argue, we can shout, we can yeah. fuss, we can cuss, but we can also laugh, and we have a great relationship. And then the last piece I, I really do think is because we just let the fans choose. You know, we were one of the first podcasts to do polls, and as a salesperson, I know that you know the old phrase "telling ain't selling." Well, how about let's just ask you, hey, what are yeah. you in the mood to buy? And so that's yeah. what we're at. that's what we did with the poll, and, and it's worked out. Well, and I also know that uh, you know there people might have had these preconceived notions of what a podcast is, was supposed to be. It, you know, it shouldn't be more than this length and it shouldn't be this many people can't one person is harder or you need to have a, and you, you basically, you said what you don't know, but I don't know what the longest podcast you guys have had. I don't think it's been a half a day yet, but you've had some pretty long, uh, podcasts and it just made you more popular instead of people being turned off or saying it's too damn long. They wanted more. And was it always, it's just just as long as it needs to be. And what was the, your thought behind it and you're always thinking hey we're gonna do it our way i don't care what, what you know that's uh, your way you're supposed to do it well that sounds much more romantic but the reality is i did part one and part two stuff with uh rick flair and it didn't work mm-hmm. so we would have a big guest you know to me Shawn michaels and rick flair you know arguably one a and one b yeah it doesn't matter yeah. who's where the two best wrestlers of all time well, episode one, part one, did phenomenal downloads, but part two died. And, and the <laughs> same thing happens with Cody Rhodes. And Cody had just left WWE, and he was just about to appear on the television show Arrow. So <laughs> there was never a bigger, better time to have either one of those guests. And in both cases, part one did great downloads. Part two, not nearly as good. And that really made me take stock of, you know what? I can't break them up anymore. I'm not yeah. doing part one and part two. You got to tell the whole story. That's yeah. right. And so yeah. at that point it became about, you know, I just don't want to do part two. It's going to hurt my downloads and I've stuck to it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, obviously a working formula. And as I mentioned, you, you know, you're a very humble guy, uh, Conrad. Uh, I, I don't know uh, with the, the great success with these podcasts and now, uh, 83 weeks is doing tremendously well. Uh, Tony, uh, that that show evolved into uh, you know they're all very different shows. Um, but how are you taking it all in there? Are you are you realizing that maybe you're a thread for these? Uh, and and also with it has come a lot of notoriety. A lot, you're you're as recognizable now in, in certainly the the wrestling world as a lot of these superstars. So how how are you taking it? Well, that's that's not true. No, I, oh, I just Conrad, please. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you saying it, but yeah. but the reality is, I am just a wrestling fan, and and I to know. be honest with you, Sean, you know, podcasting wasn't really a thing ten years ago. I know it was, yeah. but it hadn't yeah. captured everybody's imagination the way it has now, and I don't know that it will be ten years from now. So 
forever and ever, amen, I am Conrad the Mortgage Guy. And I just happen to have a good idea and be at the right place at the right time and make the most out of that opportunity. But, you know, it's one of those things where even from, from a StarCast standpoint, I get messages every day. When's the Conrad Thompson meet and greet? That's silly. I'm a fan. Come say hello. I'll sign whatever. I'll take a picture, whatever. I'm just a fan. So I don't know why anybody would want to do that. But uh, <laughs> it, it is cool to, to know that people think so highly of the product that we're producing that they're a fan of it. And I guess in turn me. Yeah. And uh, these uh, live shows also have been really successful. Uh, you guys have covered a lot of the United States, but I'm sure there's probably another hundred cities you could go sell out as well. Uh, have you been surprised by that reaction and how much do you enjoy doing those? I know it's tough with the travel, but. Well, it's great if I can get a nonstop from Huntsville. If I, if yeah. I have to go through Atlanta, it really sucks. But yeah. once I'm there, it's tremendous. And, you know, I've had a great time every time. And yeah. uh, we're, we're certainly shocked by the response. I mean, the first time we were presented with the opportunity, I, I read the email twice because I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Who wants to, <laughs> who wants to buy tickets to yeah. see two guys sit down and talk? But apparently yeah. the answer is a lot of people. Yeah. And we've been very humbled by that, but we worked really hard to say, how can we make this first show good? Like, what can we do? So I came up with the heads on sticks idea. And then we thought, well, you know, we don't do guests on the show. What if we did guests on the live show? And so we started coming up with these little bits and trying to think of how can we, you know, make this bigger and more fun and entertain. And to my surprise, people are still digging it. We just sold out Gramercy theater, uh, SummerSlam Mm -hmm. weekend in Manhattan. And We've got two shows coming up in September. Tickets are on sale for San Antonio right now on September 15th, which is the day before Hell in a Cell, and you can get those at brucepritchard.com. And on the 30th, we're in Nashville, but we're sold out there. And we've got uh, a few more sellouts that are so far in advance, it just sort of shocks me. Like, wow, I didn't know that people cared that much. So it's pretty cool. Uh, But you can see all about that at brucepritchard.com. And I'm proud to say that even Tony and Eric are now getting in the live show game. We've got live shows for both of those. So check uh-huh. them out. You follow me on Twitter and uh, you'll see some details there. Yeah. And I can tell you firsthand folks, I was uh, invited to be a part of that show in New Orleans and it was a, an absolute blast. It really was uh, uh, feeling those questions and, and just being around everybody. And I, I have to tell you, I, I was, my first thinking was, okay, what, what do they do in these shows? But it, it, it was so much fun. And uh, JBL was there and uh, Jerry Briscoe. And uh, I think, uh, uh, animal came on stage and it was, and besides me having to chug that beer, but besides that, it was, it was a blast. (laughs) By the way, I can't believe that we got Sean Mooney to chug a beer. It was awesome. It's like, uh, well, I don't have a good analogy, but I just know that I never imagined I would see Sean Mooney chug a beer and we got to see it. So you're a good sport for that. Yeah. But it was, uh, folks, I tell you, if you get ever get a chance to see one of the live shows, don't miss it. It is, uh, quite an experience. And now, uh, are you going to take this to Europe? Cause I know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, your audience is in uh, the UK and uh, in other parts of Europe and around the world. Are you going to take it across the pond or uh, other other parts of the world? Yes, sir. Absolutely. We've got a tour coming up in December. We're going to be in Ireland, Scotland, and then four dates in England. Oh, can, I, can I go on that one, Conrad? Please do. We would love to have you. We, we <laughs> should do an old Coliseum video release and just document the thing. Hey, and we'll see how it goes this week, but hey, we're, I'm, I'm ready to go on tour. So uh, when, when we can get that one together, I'm in. I love it. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, and, and what's ahead? Uh, other, other stuff you've got planned uh, after this, or you just want to get through the damn week, I'm sure. Man, let me just tell you, <laughs> I, I you cannot gotta... tell you how excited I am for Labor Day to be here. I'm going to fly yeah. home on Monday and float around my pool and sleep for a week. Uh, yeah. But hopefully everybody's digging what we're doing and they check out StarCast on Fight I got to tell you, I, I'm so honored that Fight was interested in the event because it never crossed my mind that people might actually want to see this thing after tickets were sold out. I just assumed it's for the live house only. But what this has really afforded people the opportunity to do is take their pick at what show they want to watch. Because even if you're going in person, you couldn't possibly see it no all. Way. You'd have to pick. Yeah. I'm in this room or that room, but there's two shows going on. You can't see it all, but you can Thanks to StarCast on Fight, because you don't have to just watch it live. You can watch it on demand with unlimited replays. I just think it's a tremendous value. You should check it out, fight.tv forward slash StarCast. Yeah, and uh, and folks, uh, don't miss, really, as uh, Conrad uh, mentioned, and I'm not downplaying at all as far as uh, the person I'm going to be with, but that uh, 
special edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney with uh, Jim Johnston behind the themes is uh, happening at 1 p.m. on on Saturday. Uh, it's 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., but please include that as well. But, uh, Conrad, I know you're you're insanely busy. Uh, I just uh, am so appreciative that you took the time out because I know you're heading to Chicago uh, soon. Uh, he will already be there probably, folks, when you listen to this. But uh, really looking forward to it. I hope we have a chance to catch up a little more when uh, I'm there. But uh, really, thanks so much for taking the time out. And, and I hope we'll do this again down the road. But uh, really, I really appreciate it. Man, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, taking an opportunity to reach out to me because I know you you hate when I say it, but it's still the coolest thing in the world that the guy from the event center wants to talk to me. So thank you very much. <laughs> hey, let's do a promo together when I'm there. We definitely. Oh, we got to do that. I'm in. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. I absolutely love talking to my pal Conrad Thompson. Um, it has. Uh, uh, been an interesting year for me since I started this podcast, and uh, I have to tell you that Conrad has been a great counsel. Uh, as you know, he's he's done so much for the podcast world, and it, just whatever the guy does seems to turn to gold. But it, it's uh, I've really enjoyed uh, Conrad and, and and even Bruce uh, looking after me, helping me along the way, and uh, it's great. I've uh, become a good friend. He's got a lot of friends, but uh, I consider him a friend now. And what an, an interesting guy. And I, lo- I love the way he just downplays everything. But look, look what's happened with, I think we're, they're going on two years now with their podcast, but it is, it is just incredible. Uh, I'm talking uh, about uh, something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, but also, of course, he's got What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, and now 83 Weeks is taking off. And then he, with all that going on, besides his mortgage business, he gets involved with Cody on this event just to do it. Can you imagine what has gone into this? I was looking uh, today, folks, at the lineup, not just at all these uh, events that are taking place, you know, the, the roast and the karaoke and the uh, the panels on the WCW. And ju- I mean, it just goes on and on. I, it, I, just, I think there's like 40 different live events going on outside of All In. And then I looked at the lineup of superstars, the people that they have coming in. And I mean, when I say superstars, I don't mean WWF uh, necessarily. But I mean, just the people that are going to be there. I'm just blown away. And, and it's just amazing how the two of them and, of course, the Young Bucks have put this together. I am uh, just excited to be a part of it. And I really want to thank Conrad for coming on. We could have done two hours easy. You know that. But he uh, was really, really busy. I was uh, so glad that he took the time uh, to talk with us as we uh, get set for this. But I uh, want to thank Conrad for coming on. Uh, as I mentioned, folks, follow us. Uh, we'd love to uh, hear from you. You can uh, email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at primetimemooney. And, uh, you know, check out the tees. Uh, we, uh, we really need your support. And uh, help us spread the word about Primetime with Sean Mooney. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell other people. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors this week. Once again, Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Just go to vividseats.com or download the app and use our exclusive promo code PRIMETIME to receive 10% off your first order. And also thanks to my bookie. My bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Mooney when creating your account to claim the bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Uh, getting ready to leave uh, for my, uh, my trip to Chicago to be a part of all of the festivities taking place with StarCast and All In. And, folks, I'm going to uh, try and shoot some, uh, some videos to capture and give you guys a little look inside behind the scenes of what's happening. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot behind the scenes. Uh, we're doing uh, a little meet and greet where people can come and do some promos with me, like uh, back in the days of those uh, pay-per-views in the locker room. Uh, <laughs> they put that set together. It's going to be fun. And, uh, of course, I mentioned we're going to be doing the um, special edition, the live version of Primetime with Sean Mooney with Jim Johnston. Uh, behind the themes, as we are, are calling it. But, uh, you know, if you heard that uh, podcast that we did many months ago with Jim, and we got such a tremendous response to that, that's how this kind of came together 
um, talking about how these themes can uh, happened in his genius mind. And you know, when you hear uh, this music instantly, it brings back memories to when you used to follow your favorite superstars and he breaks it down. And they're really, we did a lot of prep on this. I spent hours on the phone with them just talking about trying to whittle down the list that people might want to hear about. But there's just so many little stories that come out. And Jimmy even told me, we talked uh, earlier this week and he said, you know, when you said you wanted to get keep talking about uh, what we were going to do for the show, he said, just so many memories came back that I had completely forgotten about. And uh, he says, you know, in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and think, oh, man, I remember that now. So there's going to be a lot of things revealed in that show that I think people are going to find real interesting. If you can't be there in person, of course, you can catch it uh, on Fight TV and check that out. I think you go to fight.tv and, and you'll get all the information there. I hope you'll be able to join us. As I mentioned, I'm going to try and uh, capture some videos. I'll put them up on our YouTube channel. So uh, keep a close eye on that. And we'll just continue to just keep throwing stuff up there and, and give you that experience from doing this. So anyway, uh, a lot happening. I will bring it all to you. We'll have lots to talk about next week. And, of course, we'll have another great conversation right here on Primetime with Sean Mooney. In the meantime, have a, a great uh, next few days. I'm Sean Mooney, and I'm out. <laughs>